Hello and welcome to I Wish I Knew That About Songwriting, the show where we bring you tips, tricks and techniques that we wish we knew as young songwriters. On this show we focus on interviews, we focus on resources, subjects you're going to find useful and you can go home and you can use them today. So thank you so much for listening and welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Last week we were very fortunate to have Mr. Ben Robbins on the show. Legend. I, I love listening back to him. He's just an absolute pillar of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, we were very, very lucky to have him on. Yeah. And Ben has written for Smash, Delta Goodrum, Steve Balsamo, Heather Small, amongst many others. And but his Latin Grammy nomination on the wall, I was just reading. Yeah. <laughs> Legend. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't know it though. He's very humble. Yes. He's a very, very humble guy. And I, I love working with him. And in this interview, you would have learned about the importance of doing your research as a songwriter, why collaboration is key, why good demos are crucial to getting your songs cut today, why keeping things simple is the best mantra what's different about song structures, how Ben got a cut on Sir Cliff Richard's album, Rise Up, and as well as the importance of going back and editing your songs for pitch. Butchering, as he said, I thought was a very good word. Yeah, butchering, literally. And literally, we'll, cutting apart, re, re, you don't reassemble meat, hopefully. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> they do in McDonald's. But yeah, exactly. Taking your songs apart, like you said, he just went home that night. Like most people go, oh no, I guess it wasn't good enough. And they go to bed. But no, someone like Ben, he sits up and he breaks it apart and he learns. Mm, yeah. And he actually learned a lot, I think, from that interview himself, he said. And a lot of his own advice he needs to take on board. <laughs> it's amazing, but... isn't it? You put this mirror in front of people. And yeah. I re- that's part of the reason why I love the show, Callum. I love working with you is because genuinely, this is a sidebar, but this is what Ben is saying. Mm. Genuinely, if I'm working on my own, if I'm working in a session, um, when I get too excited or if I kind of drop off, I get too tired. No, there's these tools in place. What are you trying to do, Jim? Are you trying to deep dive here? Are you trying to structure this first properly? Are you doing a power line? Are you doing all these things that you and I talk about? I genuinely use it. Um, and again, just as I've talked about it, but I had an order on Fiverr and it was like, I need this kind of style. And I did. I had no idea how to do it. I was like, I don't know how to do this. I was losing my mind. I had my head in my hands. I was so tired from running around. But I thought, what would Callum say? Mm. <laughs> what, what would my own advice be? Like Ben's saying, and a lot of you guys will already know what you need to do. But I sat there and said, instead of losing my mind and just spinning into that, that rabbit hole, I went, well, how about a sample? A little bit. Get a bit done. Send it to them. Who knows? Mm. Um, they loved it in the end. And I learned the song. But anyway, yeah. yeah. It's a great point from Ben. Listen to your own advice because it, it's really important. That's why it's good to have a collaborator. Anyway, before I use up all of the points in this recap, go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's start. How about we start with this week's song of the episode? Go on, I'm glad you're here, mate. Yeah, I would, I would have gone right down that road. What's yours, mate? What's yours? So my song of the episode this week is by Mr. Ray LaMontagne. And it's a song called Jolene. Oh, and it's an absolutely gorgeous song. Every time I hear it, come on, I'm just, I'm almost in tears. But it's about a man reminiscing, as far as I can tell, it's actually an alcoholic um, who, who's about, he's never going to change the road that he's on. Jolene, I ain't about to go straight. But it's also about a man reminiscing, I think, about a time when he was in a better place with this girl, similar to actually that of 23 by Sam Hunt. But instead, yeah. he's, t- he's talking about himself as opposed to the girl. And one, I mean, one of my favorite lyrics would have to be a, a picture of you holding a picture of me in the pocket of my blue jeans. And another close second favorite lyric would 
be a man needs something he can hold on to, a nine-pound hammer or a woman like you. Whoa. Yeah. Even just nine-pound hammer, the the, uh, phonetics. Yeah, yeah. And it's, again, it's all these things that's so relatable, like really real life. And the production on the song is, the way it's engineered is beautiful as well. It's very simple, you know, builds with just a guitar and then a piano and the strings Mm. come in. Um, I can't can't remember. I don't think there are any drums in there um, or percussion. No, it's just... It just uses the instruments that it, it's got a real, really beautiful sense of space in, into the record. So when we talk about engineering a song, that's what Ben that's talked about. Sort of, that's right? what we mean. Yeah, when you said talking strings. It's about what you take out, and it's mm. when you bring it in. Is it the right moment? So that's yeah. a really good point as well. Yeah, yeah. And one writer again, just Ray LaMontagne. Wow. Yeah, highly recommend going and checking this song out. It is gorgeous, and sounds like it. You'll hopefully learn a lot from it. And again, I think yeah, it's cool. And Callum and I have quite co- contrasting ideas because despite my taste and his taste may be different especially if you only hear this podcast you know i'm not very close these things are used in many genres in many decades and the reason why they're effective is we still know about them callum's still telling you about these songs mine though is that's the sound of the police which is not as of the police which my girlfriend thought which is in french um but this song i wanted to go on more of kind of a cultural slide if that's all right callum yeah. Rather than a songwriting slide. Because all of us know this song. I just said then, there's a hook. Mm. Clearly a hook. But I want to go back. KRS-One is the artist and Knowledge Rules Supreme is the abbreviation of KRS. And I want it to, again, like I just said, what we currently listen to is, is, is hip-hop. But not in the same, same way as what hip-hop is. And I'm not going to butcher it because you can go and do your research. But KRS-One, hip-hop was started by a woman like all the best things in this, in this world. Um, but it was an accumulation of DJs playing James Brown breakbeats, which is what you're going to hear on, on Sound of the Police, mm. and talking about social rights issues, mm. which I think is very relevant to today. But the idea as well is KRS-One talks about how these days it's all about money, cars, and women, which Callum and I have talked about before, is a very hollow goal. So if you're listening to songwriting because you want to be rich, (laughs) (laughs) which doesn't mean you can't have a great life if you pay attention to what we're trying to share with you. But go and listen to KRS-One. Listen to the the birth of hip-hop. Not hip-hop as you hear it today, it's hip-hop. Go and read about that because it's really interesting. And again, like we talk about, it's the hybridization of two genres that brings about not only a new genre, but a movement. So boiling that down to what's relevant to you as a songwriter listening to this, I talk about it all the time. I talked about it in a workshop the other night with some, with some young artists. They asked, or a young band said, how do we write something that's original without it being too complicated? And the way I think about it is two trees or a Venn diagram where you have overlapping circles and the new color is created in between. That's how you do it. That's how hip hop was created. That's why Sam and I, Sam and I, see, I'm dreaming about Sam Hunt. That's why Callum and I talk about Sam Hunt all the time. Sam Hunt, that's all I ever hear about. <laughs> what a rooster. Um, if you think about that, he grew up in Atlanta, but he also was hugely influenced by hip hop. And you can hear him listening to what would be the Afro Caribbean side of R&B, hip hop, Atlanta, mm. mixing that with, you know, Appalachian Hunt you know, hill country music, baby. Mm-hmm. But the crossover and him doing it so well is the birth of a genre. Anyway, yeah, that's a long song of the week. I actually had another one. I, I love that, Go on, Jamie. Mate. But on that, with the 
That's the sound of the police. Whoop, Gave whoop. me a little idea about something I saw. I saw Niall Rogers on the Graham Norton show the other night. Ah, and he told great. this amazing story about the freak um, by Sheik. Okay. And how they came up with the hook. Or how initially that song came to be. They were in the studio and the girl, I, I don't know her name, but she, uh, they were talking about her and how she was a bit eccentric. Mm. And I remember they, they told the story about this guy and they went and they knocked on the door or something and he was just like, ah, fuck off. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so they went back to the studio. Basically, they went back to the studio and they were sitting there and they were doing, they started playing this. Did, 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 ah, fuck off. Fuck off. Freak out. Yeah. And that was oh, it. really? Yeah. Freak out. And that was how it started. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so good. But, but again, we talked about antenna. Callum put it really well and he's coined it in a way I'm going to give to people. Um, antenna. Your antenna out there, you know, a lot of us would go, oh, that's upsetting. No. Hmm. They go and fold it into what they're doing and they make something original. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend swearing at people, but. No. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is, this is it. Out. Like, that's where these songs come from that become these massive hits Fuck and these off. hooks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to say to you now. I'm just, I'm just writing, Callum. Yeah. That's a brilliant one. I didn't know that as well. Mm-hmm. didn't know that. There you go, guys. All sorts of bits going on in that song of the week. And so don't also be afraid to roll with it, I think, is the other message there. Like, sometimes, mm. again, that's where the editor or that's, we talk about that. They come, it comes in later. Sometimes. Critical of the creative mind. Yeah. You know, these you're going to let your creator roll. Yeah. Let the creator roll and just. Let him roll, baby. Because all of us, like Craig Wiseman talks really well about it. Callum put me onto it, but Ben Robbins. Yes. That's why we're here, right? Onto Ben. I think, I mean, I'll start off quickly because one of the best things he said, which is so important, is innovate. Yeah. Innovate and collaborate. Mm -hmm. And I really think that is almost enough, but just for some context, if you're a songwriter, a top liner, someone normally takes care of the vocals. So for example, I was working with Ed Graves last week and I've never seen a producer like him. He's a genius. He's hanging off a stool playing a synth in one corner, hitting record almost with his toe, and it's perfect. It's beautiful. So for me to think I could ever get to that level is stupid. So what do I do? I sit back and I wait for when he needs a vocal and I sing it. I'm ready. I use the tools we talked about on the show, like I said, so that I've got something and I'm ready. And we probably only worked about three and a half hours over three days, but we got this tune that's going to do so much for the two of us and also it started a relationship. And if I was trying to be clever... I don't think it would have worked out. I just got ready. I innovated mm. to go and meet him, innovated to work in the session, sat back, collaborated with him. Aboom. So that's my first point from Master Ben Robbins. Yeah. That's a very good one. And he, Jedi know, Ben Robbins, sorry. Yeah. Yoda. He's, he's not good at writing lyrics, um, he said, but he's, he's better at ly- editing lyrics. Yeah, it's that creator and critic. Yeah. We talked about how you might have an editor's mind. Mm, yeah, uh, when exactly. it comes to when it comes to lyrics, and it's the same for you guys, and and for us, you know, you need to think w- when it comes to collaboration. Where is your strength? What are you bringing to the session? Are you are you the editor in the room? Yeah, I heard she's on that. Ironically, the crossover was actually sport. One of the one of the be- greatest cricket players ever, Emma Stoney, was talking to a guy called Marcus Stoinis for Australia. And I was listening because I'm a big fan of this podcast, of cricket, but it applies to us and. The mentor, if you will, in this situation said, only build on your weaknesses as long as they don't take away from your strengths. Mm. 
And I was like, that is just such incredible advice. And again, for me to decide, okay, Ed Graves is an amazing producer, but I want to try and be as good as him at producing. Okay, good luck. You've got eight years. It's good. Or I can take what I'm already building on and you continue to do that. So if you guys are good at something, Callum and I are saying, build on your strengths, understand your weaknesses. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. Master Ben Robbins. Yeah. Uh, so my point for me, yeah. Ben talked about how he would use, he, he said he illegally <laughs> Say used, it. There we go. Yeah. Alan um, Tani's <laughs> gear after hours to learn. And the reason I think this is a great point is because it's being bashful and mm. it's, I mean, one, I learned that why a lot of hair gel is a bad idea if you're going to do this. <laughs> Evidence. <And> yeah. <laughs> That's how he got caught in the end. Great but, but it highlights the point, right? You've got to push the boundaries. Exactly. And when Alan Tani did find out he was using it, he actually encouraged it. He was proud. Yeah. Because... This is what you need. And Max Martin did the same, I think. He was staying in, in Denise's pop. Um, Dennis Pop, Dennis yeah. Pop's studio after hours learning. He would be there all night. Downtime. And that's... Well, quickly, can I jump in? The singer from the script, exactly the same thing, doing film music and used the studio in the evenings. And even our friend who we talk about, Ed Graves, working somewhere, but in the evenings using it to work on his stuff. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So find, if, if that's what you want to do, Find a situation where you're able to do that and take. Where it, are we right now? Colin? Take advantage of it, a studio, and I'm guilty of this. I don't use the studio enough. I don't. No, 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 come no, no. In that here was a positive. And yeah, we're here because of you. But yeah, because of Ben. Mm. We're very lucky. But you came up here and you, you rebel mindset, as we're going to talk about. You rebel mindset your way into this position and into this uh, mentee role with with Ben, and that's why we can use this beautiful studio. And we're talking about Ben mm. and learning from Ben because of you, Callum. So. You're already doing this yourself. Yeah. But I need to take advantage of it more. I need to, you <laughs> yeah, know, that's good too, but in, don't, don't beat yourself up. But yeah, uh, and that's the, that, is, that is the point here. You know, make, make use of what you have. And I'm not saying you need to work late into the evening. Or, or do or things over, illegal. Burn yourself out. Yeah, exactly. But make the most of that, what you have. It's also having that ambition to be like, I think the other thing there was that Ben was working 12-hour days and yet he still had that drive to want yes. to then stay an extra however many hours it would have been because most people studio. just drop off yeah you still see actually with ben like again we won't, we won't talk about too much because we're very lucky to be using the studio and ben but if you spend time around ben you get it yeah and that's why mentoring i think is so important and um, why i'm very lucky i benefit from callum being around ben because i get to be better around ben so yeah that's a brilliant point really really good point what, what else were you thinking about Master Ben Yoda Robbins? So another point for me, Ben talked about pitch, uh, pitching songs and he talked about if you're sending in a song for pitch, make sure you always send a lyric sheet when you send a song. So not even for pitch. If you're just sending a song, I think, for anyone to listen even to. Even a collaborator. Yeah. Make sure you throw in the lyric sheet. Um, something that we don't do, but... With the title at the top, it's clear. And this emphasized why song, why song titles are so important. Oh, yeah. Um, because with, if you have the lyric sheet there, one, it means that they can read the lyrics. As Call it listening twice. Yep. He said that as well. Yeah. I was talking to students about that. It's really important. Go on. Yeah. They won't miss any, any of the words of that if you've not. I mean, again, that's why we reinforce clear vocal. Yeah. But 
they get to read the words, they see the title, and if they've heard a great song, whoever it is has been listening to 20 other songs that day. What song was that we liked earlier? Yeah, exactly. If your song doesn't have an obvious or clear title, they'll be like, ah, oh, what was, exactly, what song was that? Yeah, um, like you've got to give them a title to walk home with and a hook to walk home with. Mm. Otherwise, what chance are you? I, actually, a really good point is, again, I was in this session with Ed Graves. I love him. It's just a bromance, the new Sam Hunt. But he literally at one point went, Jamie, can you just, can you just put the Google, put the lyrics in a Google Doc? I was like, yeah, why haven't I done that? You know, have a live Google Doc. Even though he's six feet away, mm. other people need to see what you're doing. They need to be, it's exactly that same point that you're making. Yeah, give your song the best chance. Yeah, even in a session. You, think about it, Cal. It's a mini pitching session, isn't it? Everything is a little pitching session. You know, when you're in a session, you're putting a vocal forward, or you're putting a hook idea, you're putting a melody idea. Like, give it the best chance. Take a second to think about it, breathe it and go, is this good? It's like what if I'm working on Fiverr or coaching or whatever, I just go, hold on a second. Before you just spurt out what you think is good, run it through a little filter and go, how's the, yeah, that's cool. And then send it, you know, that's kind of what Ben is saying. Be prepared. Yeah. Master Ben Yoda. I'm going to call him that when I see him and he's going to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so have you got a point for us, Jamie? Oh, I've always got some point I can put out of my mind, but I think in general, just listening to the way that Ben from, the way it took him, was it 15 years to get a cut on the Cliff Richard record from when he got that first yeah. introduction, maybe even 20? That, to me, just just speaks volumes, is that we want, and he said it as well, didn't he? Sorry, again, we're stepping on what you probably already heard, but it isn't too late. Or Ben Robbins, Master Ben Yoda, who I, I won't say how old he is, but you guys can guess. So, da-da-ding, it's not too late for you. If you're listening to this, I remember this stat when I was at ACM with Callum. If you haven't made it by 20 years old, you probably won't. What? Whether that's true or not, what a stupid thing to circulate because it stops so many people trying. Mm. But then again, maybe if you're the one that is willing to keep going, you'll be cool. But yeah. and it's also very it's unnecessary pressure as well. Yeah, because like you said, people too much do develop. I mean, Brett James is another great example. I, I can't. I don't know what age he was when he started country songwriter, right? As a yeah, very successful country songwriter has, has had about twenty number ones now as a country writer, but has also terrible. crossed over into pop, has had a couple hits in pop too. I would definitely recommend going and looking up Brett James and he tells a story on tour when that he was going to give up. It was literally, he had oh, reached yeah. that point in his career. He had, he had a medical background. He was actually going to become a doctor. Oh, wow. And um, he was going to throw it all in and I could be getting the details of the story slightly wrong, but it was like he sent out all these songs to people mm. and he was yeah, getting nowhere. And it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Um, he was going to, he was going to throw in the towel and just go to medical school. And he still had that. I think he had an offer or something. And so yeah. he was all set to go when a call came in mm. about a song of his. It's, it's that like, how long can you hold on? Yeah. I, I was actually again in a lesson the other night and someone was talking about, their dad was in a band and their dad was playing a show to three people. We've all been there. And then they sat down after the show and went, do you know what, lads? This isn't probably for us. And they gave up. Mm. And he said, what's the difference between someone who's successful and someone who gives up like that? I said, it's how many times you can sit down after having a terrible show, or like you said with Brett, no one calling you, no one being interested in what you're doing. How many times can you do that before you give up? That's your threshold. And I think... Going through these last two years, I think Callum is a big reason why I continued to be interested in songwriting, continue to be interested in music. So I know you're right in front of me and it won't sink in, but thank you for that. Because 
we played a show the other night in London and I, I, I made sure Callum had a ticket to come and watch us play um, Maggie Cassidy. Who is MaggieCassidy.com? But we played a show and we were there with fans in real life and it just felt like I've, what I've always wanted to do and it was that singularity and Callum was there and I was like, yo, this is my man, this is my guide as podcast. We had fans coming up and stuff that I live for. Um, and thanks to Callum and thanks to Jan as well because Jan kind of kept me in perspective of what's important. Uh, how long can you do it without getting what you want in, in, in search of what you're really after? Like we said, you're not going to get instant rewards and listen to this show. I hope, I hope people switch off sometimes because we really want to keep telling the truth as we see it, which is you have to work really hard for a really long time. But with that extra factor of, are you speaking to the right people? Are you building relationships? Like Jody said, not trying to jump over people, stand on people's shoulders you know, beat anyone down. That's just not how it works. And the more you listen to our guests, you'll find they're extremely talented, very hardworking and very nice people. So that is a tangent, but I think Ben is kind of embodying that too. Yeah. Because he's professional, right? We only had him for 37 minutes or something like that. Mm. The amount of knowledge he imparted was uh, was serious. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, go and listen to it. Ben's been there, he's done that and he's got so much to share and we, I think we only got probably... We're going to get him again. Yeah. We're going to get him again. Um, one, one, one I thought was brilliant as well is get good at playing your songs to people. Mm. And he did explain that, but I wanted to just go why that's important. Yeah. When you play a song to someone, you probably finished it or got close. You're at least at a point where you're willing to quote unquote so, abandon sort of like it. getting feedback. It doesn't mean playing yeah, yeah, exactly. live. It just means... Or, or if you're a performer, like go and play because... As soon as you commit to playing live or commit to playing something, you've kind of got there. I know it sounds very really dumb because like, of course you've finished a song if you're playing it. Yeah, but get that as your goal because then you're going to be finishing songs. And if this helps too, because I had these, these guys in a, in, a, in a workshop, in a songwriting session, and they were talking about, why don't we have streams for our songs? Because they're these really young guys and they're actually really, really good for that. Not for their age, sorry. They're really, really good. And they were upset because they said, we feel like, you know, we need to improve. That's why he's doing these lessons with me. But he said, we feel like our songs are great. Why are they not getting reflection? I said, write the song and celebrate having written the song. Have a little beer like you and I, when we got to a certain amount of streams. Mm. Have that little beer because that's actually what's really important. So playing your songs to people is when you just kind of go, right, that stage of the song, we've mm. got to, we've done that. And if you can have that in your process, then good at playing songs to people, then you're kind of getting good at finishing songs almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what Ben's because Ben talked about the other aspects in a really cool way, but that's what I thought of. Oh, that's a really good one. And also the great thing about playing your songs for someone, it's a little trickier when you're doing it live because you might be, unless you're a very good performer, you might be a little too focused on actually your performance. That's um, also a key, yeah. Yeah. So I know myself, if I, if I play a song live, I'm, I'm nervous and I'm thinking about my performance. I might not be thinking as much. It's really useful if you're going to do that, get someone to film you. Oh, um, wow. And then watch yeah. it back because, and the best thing you can do is listen to the audience. Are they talking? Do the they, do they go quiet? Um, you, you know, do they, do they get louder as your song goes on? Um, which means they're probably uh, losing interest. Or yeah. That's does, a really do good people point. go quiet because that means they're obviously listening to you. Uh. So that's a really good thing to do if you're playing your songs live, get someone to film it. Because also you can just watch yourself back and you can just see things you can you might be missing yourself. I actually think it's 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 a really good point you've raised because there's there's yeah. three parallel things happening there's the quality of the song mm. just is affected by your performance there's the quality of the song your performance and then the audience reaction mm. 
I think those three things are really important, whether it's live music or recorded music. Mm. We talked about it with Amy and Nick, bringing intention mm. to what you do. Like a 4D, don't just sing the thing perfectly. Sing it with a bit of, mm, mm. like a bit of, a bit of feeling to it. But again, a guy called Tom, who's the singer of this band I was coaching, and they said, he said he went into the studio with Tom McDonald Groot in my band who's producing it. Two Tom's confusing, but he went in very nervous to the vocal booth mm. and sang a chorus. And he said in his head, he was like, that is just terrible. You know, he turns around and everyone's like, yeah, great take, man. Nice one. Yeah. And he was like, what? It's like, because it's, there's a disparity. There's you focusing on this tiny percent of you, whether you nail that note or not. And mm. I'm the same with live shows, but I managed to reduce my anxiety for live shows by going, if I can do 95% of what I intend to do, then I've got to be able to live with that imperfection of the rest of it. Otherwise, maybe what you're kind of leaning to towards is if you never get to that point where you're like, I am 95% happy with this. I have to go and play it to someone. I have to go and play a show. Got to get good at that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like Vincent, uh, I can't remember his second name, but he wrote loads of Vincent the Third or something like that. He wrote loads of songs for Beyonce and he said, I'd rather have 2% or 6% on a song mm. than 0% of something that's still on my hard drive. That's an extreme, but it's worth thinking about. Or John O'Callaghan is my favorite person in the world when it comes to music. He talked about David Bowie saying, being credited with saying, you don't finish a song, you abandon it. Yeah. It's David Bowie. So these things, are, they're not simple to do, but they're very simple ideas. And I think that's kind of an overlaying thing I thought with Ben was that what he was saying was simple. Yeah. As you said, you know, something as simple as using a studio, actually it takes another six hours when you want to be at home sitting on Netflix or flicking through your phone mindlessly, you know, can you do that time? Or Jordan Lee's never played PlayStation until lockdown mm. in his spare time. He did music. They just played um, in the metaverse on the sounder stage to millions of people probably in, in, in the way. And it's people like that, that actually make the differences. And that brought it home for me. Cause I was like, okay, I don't spend enough time on what I want. And in the last month or two, I actually haven't played really any video games. I haven't watched any cricket. But before that, I was, I was kind of putting a lot of time into the wrong holes, if you will. So that's, a, again, a massive tangent, but do it as you will when you listen to this. I think you're going to find your own value in things. We'll do our best to bring you that. But yeah, I think Ben said a lot for many of those points. Mm. Yeah, and no, like you said, something a song's never finished, it's merely abandoned. I think it's a, it's a great quote. You need to know... At some point or another, you have to get it out there. You have to go and perform. That's what getting feedback is, whether that is playing it live or just getting a demo done and play, sitting a couple of people you trust down. I was going to say, even just, just a friend. Some, yeah, you play me something, feedback. I play you something. And you'll find that's where Ben's advice, again, was great, where you'll often find that something you've been pouring your heart into, you might, you'll sit down and play it for people and then... Maybe you've been pouring your heart into the performance, not the writing. Exactly. And you'll find that, oh, suddenly that second, third verse or whatever is... Way too long. Or that pre, yeah, exactly. And you're you're getting uncomfortable sitting there listening to it. And you can feel the tension in the room or you might notice that by a certain point they're they're losing interest. Exactly. And you can't look at these things as like unrelated Mm. to make yourself feel better. I think if you're like walking a tightrope... Again, I talk about this uh, coaching people or just in general, I've said it with you today. As soon as I fall off the tightrope with a song, because it hasn't grabbed me, then I start analyzing it. But then when there's moments like George Ezra tune, um, give me a minute or hold my girl, I can't remember what it's called. But yeah. 
the first genuinely the verses I couldn't tell you anything because I was analyzing it I wasn't in mm. and then the chorus came and I was like right back on the tightrope again I was like mm. this is absolutely beautiful so when Callum says even just when Ben was talking about it like I can I imagine my palms sweating I remember ACM actually mm. we were in this we, we were lucky to have our lectures in an Odeon theatre so this is like a couple hundred people mm. and this is the first ever tune I put together with our band when it wasn't even Maggie Cassidy we had a little CD that we printed or whatever and I get, found one in my Oh, yeah. Draw the I white and black in. ones. Yeah, <laughs> but I think we played a tune of ours in front of the whole of our year mm. in this massive theater, and I was literally like sinking behind my seat um, because you're, you know, your hands are sweating. Everyone's listening to this thing that you care so much about. Um, but I remember the feedback, and I remember taking the good with the bad. But I remember taking the positive of, of going forward. And speaking of feedback, this show has already benefited from a couple of people. To go and look for you, to go and find you out. But anything on this show that you have thoughts on, Callum and I only want to get better. We only want to help more people. So I wish I knew that part at Gmail or get in touch with us Instagram, Facebook as well. Drop in the show notes. It's all there because feedback is super important. Did you have anything else on Master Ben Yoda? I did. On the note of songs being too long. The importance of going back and then editing your songs. <laughs> Butchering them. Yeah, especially <laughs> Listen for to people. Yep, because Ben, I mean, Ben spoke about the story with Shirley Bassey, Dame Shirley Bassey, sorry, and how she was up, she was in here in the studio and um, above us and they were listening to these songs from these amazing songwriters, big names, mm. and she was just saying, no, 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 no. Nope. And nope. Yep. <laughs> and this is it. And this is how it often goes. And if the song's not right, a song's not right. But Ben, when he played his songs for them again, he was in that uncomfortable palm sweating palm position. Got to be there. And but that's brave. It's like mentoring. It's like, do you want to spend time around people who are miles ahead of you and feel uncomfortable? You know, you're willing to do that. Funnily as well, this is something for maybe people to bear in mind, but they did a study in the US Department of Justice and they found that, this is relevant by the way, so stick with me. But obviously throughout the day, they're presenting cases to ju to jurors and judges and they're deciding whether someone's guilty or not guilty. And they found that just before lunch, when the judges were hungry, there was a spike of about 80% of conviction rates, mm. whether that was right or not, because the people are literally hungry therefore irritated, therefore less likely to be sympathetic and, and assess the case. So they were mm. convicting people of crimes that maybe may or may not done mm. because they were hungry. So that means also you need to bear in mind what the state of the person you're pitching to is. Mm. Do they need songs? Do they know who you are? Do they care? Do they even have the time of day? You can't, under that cliche of, you know, it happens with some people, you can't run up to someone in the street and expect them to listen to the song you give them. Mm. Like, come on, there's a story of, Someone hired a forklift, I think, to get up to the first story of Radio 1 back in the 70s and put their CD through the door. And it's like, that did actually work for them. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you've got to bear in mind, again, empathy, we talked about this, but if you're pitching a song to someone, just, just take two minutes to find out when the last time they released their song. There's something I learned with a friend of mine called Roland when we were looking at pitch for the looking list. And it's like, mm. when was the last time they released a song? They just put one out. They've probably got three more. So they won't need one for seven months. Or yeah. I'm working with this producer I met on um, Make Pop Music, which you guys need to go on to and join with Facebook. But Julian, legend. But he said, look, I've got this artist, but we're already producing. We're already doing stuff. Yeah. So I'll get in contact with you when she's writing again. Mm. And part of me was like, oh, damn. But no, actually, that's coming around pretty soon. 
Yeah. And you're already more respectable in their eyes because you've gone, okay, cool. You're not desperate. Yeah. Again, tangential, but gone all around it. Yeah. And that's why doing your research is so important. Like in this day and age, and Ben talked about this, we have Google. There <laughs> yeah. is no excuse. To so much not. you can find out. Exactly. If you're pitching a, a four minute song to someone who's on like, TikTok, on, yeah. <laughs> and all their songs are like three minutes max, or three minutes 30. It's like, well, or even as simple as like, I have this song called don't leave me now. Right. And then you go to an artist and you you haven't looked, they've got a song called don't leave me now, my love, hmm. but you still want to send them. Don't leave me now. Yeah. Do you think they're going to listen to that? Even if it's a brilliant song, it's just, Having that awareness and not wasting your time. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's very important. Again, Master Ben Yoda, I think what's brilliant about his interview is not only does he touch on so many things that were applicable when he started, but they're applicable now. You just have to change out lyric sheet, cassette tape, and bike courier for email, SoundCloud link with your lyrics put into the description at the right time to the right person. Mm. And really, like, the point of this show, I wish I knew that about songwriting is not to tell you that you have to work a certain amount of time to get a certain amount of things. We want to introduce something soon called the rebel mindset, which I talked about with Riley when I was in a workshop. And for example, Callum and I went to ACM. So Callum did business, I did vocals. And you have what's called tutorials, which is extra time. So you can book something that's maybe not fully related to what you're doing. But already that's restrictive because of course there are lecturers that don't do, in Callum's case, if Callum wanted a vocal lesson, he couldn't get one because he's on the business course. But Rebel Mindset is going, well, actually, I've been told I can't have this thing, but can I go and speak to someone and say, excuse me? Again, we're not, illegally is not the word, but can I go and push the boundary in the right way? Can I be enterprising? Can I have that Rebel Mindset and go, actually, this is what this whole podcast is, is we've been lucky enough to speak to these people about songwriting. We've created this kind of community for ourselves that we love. It's the same we're expecting of you guys listening. If you're buying into this is that, Yes, Callum and I are telling you things. Yes, Callum and I, we're doing these things and we're learning together, making ourselves better. Iron sharpens iron. But as a listener, you don't have the benefit of being here with Callum and I yet. You know, maybe one day we'll do that. But listening to this, you have to though, and not just sit down and get that little dopamine hit of listening to these things. There's two types of people in the world. You know, there's those who go out and they conquer their fears or those who grow fearful and die of their fears. Or, you know, that that's a really extreme way to put it is Alexander the Great. So maybe it's not applicable, but are you going to sit and listen to this podcast? Thank you for doing so, of course. But you know what would make us really happy is if you applied this stuff and you went and made your own lives better. And in 10 years, you invite us over to your ranch. Again, that's the whole point of the show is yes, you know, Callum will record your songs. I will teach you how to write songs, but this is free content right now. And we're telling you what guys like Ben Robbins are doing every day. Toby Tripp, Sam Bauer, Ed Graves, Jody Brunning, these people that are out there doing it. You guys are getting a little snippet into, into how they do that. So don't be lazy mm. like I have been before. I started this podcast. So when I'm an old man, I can say it helps me young songwriters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Have I had anything last Lisa, add on to this a little bit of maybe advanced, yeah, go for it. Fast homework. Take your five best songs. Do what Ben do what Ben did. Butcher them and take your five best songs and butcher them. But um, cut them down to two tracks. Okay, yeah. Which I'm assuming Ben did. He did an instrumental track and he did a vocal track. Oh, that's a good idea. And you just take a razor blade to them. Take a razor blade. What he means by that is literally on your door, digital audio workstation or work whatever they want to abbreviate. Yeah. Just take bits out. Cut them around. You. Save an alternative file. You know, you don't have to destroy your songs, but just 
Just get clever. Anything that's not necessary, get rid of it. Yeah, at least as an exercise and then play it to someone. Oh, yeah. this, that's the scary bit, right? Because everyone can sit at home and edit or even that Jordan Lee's was like, you know, it's almost like concrete. It's very hard to edit after you've finished it. But that's an analogy. It's not the reality. You can go and cut things up and then play it to someone again. Get those sweaty palms. And you know what, Callum? What? Terrible question. I just, I just wanted to see you say <laughs> that. Um, the more times you get good at cutting your songs up and showing them to people with sweaty palms, one day that sweaty palm person, when you've got the sweaty palms, will turn around and go, yeah, I want that song. Mm. And of course the rule is it's not out until it's out, right? But oh, Pete Curley tell me a great story. I'll tell you about that one day. We'll put that, we'll talk about it on the show because we need to probably wrap this one up for King Ben. Otherwise we'll be talking for hours about Ben Robbins and all the lessons he's bequeathed upon us. But just, just get used to that, that process. Write a song, mm. come up with it. With all the, we've given you all these tools. We're going to do a summary they're all there. You know what you need to do. And when you're writing that song, just write. Enjoy that. Enjoy. Be creative. Don't, yeah. Celebrate Leave. finishing the song. Really enjoy yeah. that. If it's five minutes, don't worry about it. Because then that's when you can go back and you can, again, create tracks. Critic. Yeah. And you can cut it down to a nice, tidy three minutes, 30. The pitch. Yeah. And even when I was working with, uh, with Ed Graves the other day and using all the tools we talk about in this show. So I'll go over that again. But I think I had about eight sections of melody mm. that I wanted to put in. And we tried a bit and took a bit out. We ended up with probably only three. Maybe we actually, we created a fourth one by cutting up the first two and putting them together as a fourth one. Efficient, but you don't have to put everything in that you want. Just like you said, brilliant from Callum is write everything you want to write. Get it out on the page. You know, vomit it up as, as it is so mm. that it's there to look at. Um, and then... Go back, go back with someone you trust. If you're not that great at being critic yet, I think a lot of people are good at being critics as we're finding out these mm. days. Go back and cut it up and then find the right person and go through that process. I was lucky enough to do that with a guy called Roland Johnson and also Sam Baby Bauer that you're going to have on the show. That might be his nickname now. I'll put that in the show notes. Mm. Beautiful face. But just spending time with people like that that you, that you trust and working with. Yeah. Anything else on Ben before we uh, run into the night with everything we want to say about him? Just that it was such a pleasure to have him on. So good, right? Thanks thanks if you're listening, Ben. Yeah, thank you, Benny. Um hope the jokes are appropriate. Yeah. yeah. No, Master Ben, I think I think it's appropriate because he gave us just a snippet of his time. But you can just see from how long we've been talking about him on this episode and how many things we could go off on a tangent on is that he's speaking from such a rich understanding of songwriting and empathy, and he's continually doing it. So if anything, Ben is probably he's up there for me all-star guest which i hope is not offensive but you know we, we record so many that we go back and we listen and it's like oh wow like that episode for me just just brilliant i remember sitting down and listening to it recently so mm. thank you master ben yoda yeah wish you all the best. thanks guys peace to find out more about us and to get in touch please head over to i wish i knew that pod on instagram and don't forget to join the conversation on our Facebook community. Please also remember to email your questions about songwriting to I wish I knew that pod at gmail.com and we will answer these on our upcoming episodes. Also, if you know someone who would benefit from this, we would really love it if you could give it a share or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And Jamie and I will talk to you on the next episode. <laughs>